Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I want to talk to him. One of the great arts of conversation. Sounds charming. The only thing that sounds better is the radio. Well, I tune right in at midnight. Attended to the radio waves. I hold my thoughts till they were just right. Always listen to the Bradley J. I was opening views with ears on the news. As they talked, I was focused so much. I called on the phone in my car and my home. Came out in control and in touch. Amid all the sound and the thoughts that surround when they said, speak up, I didn't walk. Elastic, unlocking your brain's ability to embrace change. Leonard Mlobnow. So, Leonard, why is it important to embrace change? I have people here who don't want to change. We need to convince them to change, if, if it's important. Well, you need, you're trying to convince people to, change, to, to accept change that will improve their lives or change that will make their lives tougher, or is this neutral change we're talking well, about? Well, it says here, unlocking your brain's ability to embrace change, and so I'm guessing it's something we our, want to do. Well, you know, our, all human beings have a, a certain ability to adapt and to embrace change. Uh, I think the, uh, the so-called change aversion where people say that people don't like change, that's because they're trying to get people to accept change for the worse. Okay. Uh, but in, in general, uh, people like variety. They like change. We have a word for when things aren't changing. It's called boredom, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, um, it, things are repetitive. People don't like that. They like change, but too, all too often people blame uh, resistance uh, to a, an aversion to change. But what they really mean is that people don't want to get fired. They don't want to do more work for the same pay. They don't want to take a pay cut at work. Uh, they don't want to um, have to do extra effort that they didn't used to have to do and learn things that they that that, that they relearn things that they thought they knew. So uh, you know, in the business world, there's a lot of uh, articles written about change aversion, but what they really mean is that the uh, corporation is doing something that is making their employees' uh, lives worse in some way, and people resist that. How do we distinguish? I mean, you call, someone in, call, call someone in the office and say, hey, we're trying to become less efficient. You're going to do 10% less work for the same pay. No one's going to argue with that. That's true. How do you kind of distinguish benevolent change and unnecessary gratuitous change? Because, like, there's some things that may not be necessary, maybe even counterproductive. Like, I don't know, maybe those personal assistants that you talk to instead of pushing the remote. It seems like, it seems like, oh, now it's too much trouble to push the remote to put the TV on. You need to talk to this thing. That. Well, the, po- the point is we're all undergoing a huge wave of change right now. Uh, society's been changing uh, 
ever since the Industrial Revolution, it's been changing a great deal, but it's been accelerating and getting more and more uh, due to the advances in technology. So the way we communicate with people through social media, the new technologies, the software that we have to learn, the apps, the, the new devices that we have to learn, uh, there's social change going on all over the world, political change, and you can't really hold back the wave. What you have to learn how to do is, is to adapt to it, to understand what's going on and to formulate your, your issues and your goals within the new framework and, and figure out the best way to, to handle it, the best you, way to react to it. Do you get the sense that there is anything about aging that makes like, chemically, physically, internally, intrinsically change something that people don't want as much? What is it about age? Well, you know, what happens is as you go through life, if you're, uh, let's say you're in the same job, you're in the same city or uh, in the same house or whatever, you have friends, you, 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 all through life you're shopping, you're shopping for friends, for hobbies, for things that you like, for restaurants, and you end up getting settled in because you found things that you like. So we believe that as we get older, we don't, you know, we resist change. But what we're resisting is the loss of things that we found that we like. So, you know, when you first move to a city, you might not be comfortable there. And, and, and so you don't even found all the stuff that, that, that you enjoy or, you know, and once you do find things uh, as, as those things that you're used to having evolve and change that, that seems to be bad because you've you've settled into the things that you like, and those things are now changing, and they may be changing for the worse. Because if they're changing in some random way, and you like it the way it was, there's a good chance you're not you're going to like it less. You know, when it, when it changes, when you go to a restaurant, you find a restaurant you like, you go to it for years. Eventually, the chef's going to quit, the owner's going to change, and, and it may not be the same restaurant that you like anymore. But that's just natural. But actually, as our brains age. We, can, we actually get uh, better at accepting change and getting, getting ideas because uh, some of our executive function starts to weaken. That weakens these filters that we have that keeps our ideas out of our conscious mind. And we actually can be open to new ideas. So becoming old uh, can be very liberating. So is there a value to change for its own sake? Is there a value to mixing it up and getting out of the routine? Well, there are, are you know, we, we're all, often people end up uh, in a bubble, they end up, uh, you know, having the same uh, friends, the same food, the same activities. You don't. You, you have people that you that you interact with is, are defined by your job and your family and, and the friends that you've had for years, and you're no longer stimulated. And the advantage to change and the advantage is the stimulation you have that broadens your thinking and makes you more imaginative and, and creative. So I think it's very good to try and burst out of that bubble. I knew a guy who he wrote an app uh, so that when he wanted to go out for a restaurant, instead of going to some place that you know he had heard about or he had been to before, it picked a restaurant within a certain radius at random for him to try. Or you know, when I go to a restaurant, just to expand my horizons, you know, I don't ask what's popular. I ask, hey, what's unpopular? What's the weirdest thing on your menu? Because even if I don't end up enjoying it that much. Uh, the, the fact that I'm exposed to something different and that I do things like that throughout my life as a practice that I do, uh, those things end up broadening my thinking, making me more open-minded and more imaginative. So uh, th there is a great deal of benefit you can get from uh, exposing yourself to novelty and to uh, different points of view, different people and different experiences. What are a couple of the more freaky, this is kind of an aside, more freaky things that you have eaten as a result of your 
habits? <laughs> uh, I had rotten shark. Uh, in Iceland. Uh, an, an, an Iceland. You know it, yes. Indeed. They bury the shark for, I think, six weeks. It tastes kind of like Mr. Clean. No, yeah, it has <laughs> yeah. an ammonia taste. Can, can you yeah, t- it, take a minute to describe that in detail? Because I'm curious. Well, that's what it, it, the, the shark starts to ferment. I, I guess you know today in, 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 in cuisine, there's a there's a whole movement of eating fermented things, but this is a traditional thing they've had for centuries. That they bury the shark instead of cooking it, it starts to ferment. It's totally healthy. I mean, it's not unhealthy to eat, but that's that's what tenderizes it, and then you eat it, and it it, it pretty much like eating the cleaning fluid. But you have some good drink with it. And it's um, it's quite interesting. Uh, so th- that was that was one. I also uh, actually in Icelandic uh, they also have had a burnt sheep's face. So you take it a sheep's head and you eat the cheeks and the face off with a sheep. That may be too much for many of your listeners, but the point is really that um, you know that becoming adventurous in whatever field you want. I mean, whether it's eating, whether it's artwork that you look at, uh, whether it's just people that you expose yourself uh, to talking to and interact with, all those things um, have the effect of, uh, of loosening up your mind and, and, and making you more creative. So I would guess that travel is a form of this change, temporary anyway. Travel is very good. In fact, the studies have shown that people who travel or even people who also immigrate tend to um, do better on tests of creativity, uh, presumably because they've been exposed to different cultures and different ways of thinking. Because think about it, what's really stands in our way in, um, of, of adapting to when conditions change uh, is that we get, uh, we get stuck in our ways. We, 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 we subscribe to conventional mindsets and we have comfortable ideas and if our life has been a way uh, a life of um, being exposed to and, and adapting to to different points of view then then when things change in whatever realm it is work or your personal life you're you're ready for it and you can handle it so how do you unlock your brain's ability to embrace change well human thinking uh, can be put on a spectrum and at one end is logical, analytical thinking. That's reasoning that follows rules. And that's how you deal with situations you faced before and that you're comfortable with and, uh, and the conventional situations. You just, you just you know your assumptions, you know the rules, and you follow them, and you draw your conclusions and make your decisions. And at the other end of human thinking is uh, elastic thinking. Elastic thinking is needed when situations change, because when situations change, then the old way of doing things uh, don't work anymore. You don't you don't know yet what is the way to handle the situation because you haven't faced it before. You have to 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 look at it a new way. So the way to to deal with that is to learn how to let go of your comfortable ideas and how to rise above the conventional mindsets and how to how to form a framework with, with which to see and accept something and how to, how to create the questions and the right goals for yourself. And uh, so that's elastic thinking. And there are different uh, dimensions of it that I talk about in the book. And I, I even have uh, questionnaires where you can test yourself, your ability in these different directions. But let me give you a couple. Uh, one is mindfulness. Uh, it's important to learn to understand where your thinking is really coming from and what's really motivating you. Most of us just move along having certain reactions to things, and we don't really examine where they're coming from. 
Um, another is uh, neophilia. That's our innate human love of, of, of what's new and novelty. But even though uh, as, a, as an animal species, we're, we have a lot more neophilia than other species, there's, there are individual differences between us, and some people are more exploratory than others, which, which makes sense because, you know, evolutionarily, if you never explore, you'll never find an improvement or anything good. You won't be ready when, when, when change comes and your resources diminish. You won't be ready to find to, to go to a new place. But if you explore too much, you could eat and fall off a cliff or, you know, you take unnecessary danger. So there's a balance. And so in today's world, when change is happening, we have to become more comfortable with new things. And so we can... You know, there's ways to expand your yourself in, in that area, and so there's there's just different dimensions that you can um, you can have uh, of elastic thinking, and you just uh, the key is to just nurture them all, uh, or, or wherever whichever part of it uh, you're you're more lacking in. Do certain do people in different religions tend to be able to embrace change better than people in other religions? Like the reason I ask, I would guess Buddhists would have the best luck with it because the whole thing about Buddhism is to let go. Right, exactly, and mindfulness is an important part of Buddhism too. Um, yeah, de- definitely not just religion, but cultures. Uh, there's there's differences in elastic thinking from from nationality to nationality. The the cultures that are more authority based or, or authoritarian based, more rule based, uh, are not as good at elastic thinking, which makes sense because they're used to a certain fixed structure, and when there's a certain fixed structure, you're not you're not accustomed to dealing with other with bent, bending the rules or with when the rules have to change and frontier countries like the united states are better at elastic thinking which is why we're one of the leaders in innovation have been for many decades because uh that's just not the way our culture is i notice in me that there's sort of a conscious and subconscious letting go like i can say to myself this thing's coming up and I'm not going to worry about it. It may be costly. It may be this or that. And instead of thinking about it, I'm just going to, whatever, I'm going to let go. But even after doing that, subconsciously, it don't let go. You can tell yourself you're letting go, but still deep down you're not. How do you deal with that? Well, mindfulness will help so that you understand what's going on, but you're un- uh, but beneath, so, so, you're only aware of a small uh, amount of the activity that's going on in your brain. Uh, people used to say that you only use whatever, depending on what they said, 90% or 10% of your brain. That's all not true. You're, you're using your entire brain, but you're only aware of a small amount of the activity that's going on in your brain. A lot of it, of course, is there just to keep your heart beating and your breathing and so on. But there are a lot of unconscious, um, there's a lot of unconscious information processing that's going on in your brain in parallel to to the the, uh, the stuff that you're actually aware of. And that's what you're really talking about. So you may consciously say, I don't want to do this, but on an unconscious level, you know, you, you're going to. And the, the interesting thing is that you can take charge of that unconscious and you can use it to your benefit because your unconscious mind is an idea generator. Every time you see something or hear something, your brain automatically makes associations. Uh, or every time you think of something, uh, it, it, other thoughts are triggered, and all on an unconscious level. And your brain has filters to keep these unconscious ideas and thoughts from coming into consciousness, because if all your unconscious ideas came into your conscious mind, you just drown in the chaos of it. 
And, and a lot of the unconscious thoughts and associations are silly, random, just uh, blue sky, blue um, clothing, cars, uh, you know, just we hear to see the word, see something blue or hear the word blue, all sorts of blue, bluish things come into mind. Yeah. You don't want to be showered with all those ideas. But so, so your mind your, your, your has filters that, that keep away all but what seem to be the most relevant or, or um, promising ones. The problem with those filters is that while they're keeping away the things that seem less promising or less relevant, they also keep away the surprising or, or, or original ideas that actually could be useful. So one way to um, increase your creativity and your imagination is to learn how to, re how to um, relax those filters. Uh, you can do that through meditation. You can do that by just taking breaks where, where you're jogging or um, taking a shower or just letting your, you know, your, your mind relax uh, and not be focused so your unconscious mind can percolate and things can come through. Um, having a drink now and then can help that. Uh, so there's different ways that you can uh, learn to relax those filters so that you'll, some of your more creative ideas will come through. Another thing is, um, you know, people are, are, they think of themselves as morning or evening people. Uh, that has to do usually with your logical analytical thinking. But the opposite time of day, um, when you're really feeling more exhausted and, and, and not so peppy, is a good time for elastic, imaginative, and creative thinking because uh, that's when your mind is too tired to, to filter out things and, and thoughts will pop into your head. That's how we get these sudden insights sometimes that you may have noticed when you've been working on something for a long time and then you go away from it and suddenly the answer comes to you. How does the cannabis factor fit in here as far as? Cannabis is, is also uh, a, 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 it relaxes your filters. So the problem with a lot of these drugs, whether it's cannabis or, or alcohol, and a lot of creative people through the ages have sworn by these things. But the problem with them is that they, they, they do relax your filters and, and they allow um, more original thinking. But they also have other effects that can be counterproductive. So with alcohol, it may make you tired. You know, it may make you clumsy. It may have other – you may have problems with pot. You may have trouble even um, corralling those ideas and, and knowing what to do with them. But you'll just become kind of, you know – swimming lost in, in, in the ideas right. that come to you. And you may not even remember them when you get sober again. So, you know, there are pros and cons. But, but in the book, I discuss both alcohol, pot, some of the hallucinogens, and how, how they have effects on, on different effects on your brain that uh, relax the filters and allow ideas to come into your head. Have about one minute in your Why We Think section. It talks about the rewards of art in, in like 60 seconds. The, the rewards of, of art? Yes. Well, um, it's, it's interesting because uh, human beings are, are made to be artistic, and it's, it's a very important part of our, of our species because that's a pure expression of creativity. And scientists have studied that and shown uh, very in interestingly that because, because it's so useful, uh, that the female of the species are actually attracted uh, to artists. And they're attracted to artists because they are, are better for um, uh, th they are better for finding resources, which means they're better for raising the uh, the family. Back when we lived in the, in the wild, so even women today, when they're in their fertile time of their month, um, are 
are more attracted to artists than when they're um, when they're not in the fertile period of their month. So they're 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 um, their magnetic attraction that artists have on, on, on male artists have on women is, has been shown to increase uh, in the in the fertile period of the month. What about so guitar players? Guitar <laughs> Why not? Sure. I mean, the musicians, artists, writers, um, they, they are, you know, it's, it's interesting because they've done studies with women, control studies, where they, they, they ask them about their menstrual period and they, they, and they expose them to certain scenarios at different times of the month. And they can see that uh, when they're fertile, uh, they, are, they are more attracted to creative types. Wow. There's a whole lot more in this book. But, folks, a lot of you face and change. And I'm telling you, this book might be useful for you. And the whole mindfulness uh, notion is is useful in a bunch of ways. Really appreciate you checking in. Elastic, unlocking your brain's ability to embrace change. Leonard Mladenow, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been fun. There you go. There's another episode of the Jay Talking Podcast. Follow me on Twitter for show updates. If you loved what you heard, like and review the show. It helps others find us. And as always, you can catch the show live. Jay Talking Live every weeknight starting Sunday, midnight to 5 on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.